What's up, guys, and welcome to the Out of Habit Podcast. It's your boy, Luis Garcia, and it was just Thanksgiving week, and I hope that you ate all the mac and cheese that your little heart desired or your green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole, whatever your thing is, and I hope you enjoyed your turkey or if you had ham, whatever you had. Um, I know that I ate too much every single time. And towards the end, I probably had turkey four or five times over the past week. So I'm pretty, pretty um, tired of turkey by now. I want some else, Mexican food or something. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good uh, pecan pie. Pecan pie is usually, it's my thing. Pecan pie with some ice cream on top. Nothing better than that. Or some cheesecake. I'm down for some cheesecake, but it, it's been it's been a crazy week. There was definitely crazy and just exciting things happening this week. One of the first thing that really kind of shocked the world this past week was Diego Maradona passing away. Um, if you don't know who this man is, he's definitely one of the pillars of the soccer universe. He definitely changed the way it was played, it was seen, and if this guy is crazy, and I feel that one of the biggest things that he is known for is the hand of God. Growing up, my dad grew up seeing Maradona play, and he he told he talked he told me about the the hand of God. And what this is, let me set this up for you. So Argentina, which is where Diego Maradona's from, um, they had been at war with England, an unofficial war, you could say, for like the last 50, 60 years before this. Um and England apparently tried to take over Buenos Aires. Um, Argentina fought back, and then they did it again, fought back. And then finally, our, um, England took over one of an island that was Argentina's. Argentina finally fought back, and after that, you know, things were tense between both countries. And the crazy thing there was, so now you fast forward, and it's 1986, Mexico World Cup um, in Mexico City, the Aztec Stadium, and it's Argentina versus England. So there's definitely a sense of 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 pride and, you know, a little bit of tension between both countries. So Diego Maradona, he was probably the product, the just the thing that Argentina, you know, it was it was their bright and shiny armor. It was the next best best thing since chimichurri sauce um and he was just on a different level at the time and at the time there was definitely players who you know they were above and beyond Hugo Sanchez, Diego Maradona, Pelea years before um that and they were just players that you would see them play and you could see that they were on a different level so it's Mexico 1986 World Cup Argentina's playing England and Argentina scores the first first goal and not just that Diego Maradona scores the first goal in a header and this header became known and as the hand of God why was that because later on you go and you see the replays and my man he actually didn't use his head to score the goal he used his hand and everyone saw the replays everyone's looking at the replays and 
You know, they're like, yo, what's going on? But the ref still counted as a goal. And it's crazy because afterwards, Maradona scores a second goal and everyone kind of forgets about the first one. But still, years later, everyone still knows about the hand of God. The goal that Diego Maradona scored against England in the quarterfinals using his, it was his fist. It was like a close fist, which is crazy. And not just that, because later on, Argentina goes and they win the World Cup against West Germany in Mexico, 1986. And my dad, you know, he told me about that World Cup because um, Mexico at that point, they it, it was one of their best teams they have ever had. They've gone the farthest, quarterfinals as well. Um, but not just that, Diego Maradona also became a mentor to Leo Messi, one of probably one of the best soccer players in the world to, to date. Um, some people say it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I say it's Leo Messi because I like him. I like his style. And he, he just looks like a humble dude. But he became his mentor. Um, and not just that, he coached the Argentina the Argentina um, soccer team for, for a few years. So he was definitely in the spotlight till now. But one thing that a lot of people know is that he did a lot of coke when he was younger. So when this happened, my buddy hit me up and he told me, he kind of shared um, the article, but I wasn't surprised. I told him, I was like, yo, he did a lot of coke. At some point, this stuff catches up to you. But it's crazy because it shocked the world. And not just that, I read this article yesterday, how his doctor is being investigated for manslaughter. Apparently, his doctor was a little heavy on the hand with the meds. So they're investigating that. So whatever happens, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he passed away, he's gone, and is just another one, you know, another big, you know, idol in the Mexican, or not Mexican, in the soccer community that passed away. And not just that, the thing that everyone was talking about that happened this weekend, that happened on Saturday, was Mike Tyson versus the Roy Joyce Jr. fight. Everyone was talking about that, I was ready for that, but at the end of the day, they're in their 50s, so you kind of had to keep that in, in, in mind. But the fight that happened before them, the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson fight, that one's the one that everyone was talking about. Before the fight, Nate Robinson, he tweeted, I'm going to shock the world. And everyone hates on Jake Paul. I'm not a big fan of him. But this dude has been putting in work. He's, he's had a few professional uh, boxing matches. And at, by this point, he knows what he's doing. He brings up his hand, he ducks, um, he jabs, overhand rights, he opens up, you know, for big punches. So he knows what he's doing. And Nate Robinson, Robinson, so you see, if you see this fight, if you saw this fight, you see how Nate Robinson, he still had a lot of work. He's still on the, he's still pretty green. He got knocked out three times before in the second round, my boy Jake Paul knocked him out, but out. And the last three, you know, the three times he did get knocked out, they were overhand rights. He opened it up. He didn't, he didn't keep his hand up. So it's crazy because he just made him look bad. And not just that. Everyone Afterwards, everyone was kind of roasting him. Steph Curry was like, oh, yeah, you did shock the world. Um, Twitter was, you know, over here roasting him. And it's crazy because the Internet never fails. Now there's memes of him everywhere, just laid out on the floor, on the mat. And, and it sucks because, you know, we see it as a, as a spectator, but as an individual, imagine being knocked out in front of 
everyone to see everyone to make memes of you. So there's definitely, you know, some some mental stuff that's going to be going in his head afterwards um, because you got knocked out on, you know, national TV. Everyone saw this. Everyone was trying to watch this fight, probably, you know, all around the world because it's Mike Tyson and Roy Joyce Jr. So there's definitely some some battles that are going to be going on in his head, but he did get knocked out pretty bad. He did look bad. He 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 didn't know what he was doing. It looked like he was is still his first match. Um, but then afterwards, the fight that everyone was waiting for, Mike Tyson versus my boy Roy Joyce Jr. And some people would say that in their prime, Roy Joyce Jr. would have uh, you know put in work with Mike Tyson, whichever side you're on that. Um, but it going into that one thing that I found out was that Snoop Dogg was going to be the commentator. So Snoop Dogg is a, is a clown and not just that before he did a couple songs, smoking some weed is in California. And one of the crazy things about this match was that the California athletic commission said that they couldn't have knockouts. Well, it's, it's like, wait, it's Mike Tyson, one of the biggest, you know, knockout punchers in boxing history. What are you, what? Yeah. But so the match started and I feel that the thing that just kind of made this match better and, and just, you know, made it more enjoyable was uh, Snoop Dogg's commentary because he talked about it. It looked like his two un uncles, you know, fighting at the barbecue. He talked about how old grandma's going to have to come in here and break this up. So he just put in his, you know, his little touch of, of, of who he is. And it made it enjoyable. It made it funny. I was laughing at some parts, some things that he was saying. But as the fight was going, Mike Tyson looked good for his age. He really did. He looked, he still looked fast. He knew what he was doing. Um, and Roy Joyce, you know, he tried to be his old self, but you could see how at the end of it, closer to, you know, around five and six, they were, they were starting to wear out. They were clinching more. And it ended up being a draw. But it was it was still enjoyable for what it was. I wouldn't say it was one of the best fights. And I'm glad I didn't pay $50 for it. Because I, yeah, it would have, it would have been, it would have been disappointing in a sense. And not just that, I've I've made myself not um pay for pay-per-views anymore. Just because you never know what to expect. But this fight was was overall enjoyable. And at the end, you know, they ended up, it, it ended up being a draw. And one of my buddies was like, what if one of them, you know, knocks the other one out and, uh, you know, RIP? And I was like, no, I hope that doesn't happen. Because it's like, yo, they were, you know, over here just, you know, in a little exhibition fight. And they gave him a draw. Roy Joyce Jr. said, a draw? I don't take draws. I wear draws. So he he kind of mentioned that he wants to run it back. I don't know if it's going to have the same hype behind it. But it was still enjoyable to watch. And then Saturday, another thing that also happened was the Iron Bowl. And now Alabama put in that work against Auburn. And, and this year, I haven't watched a lot of football. But I thought it, was a, it would at least be a closer game. And it definitely wasn't. It was like 45 to three, 13 or something. And yeah, so, and now my Saints also played, if you know me, I'm a big Saints fan. They're doing well, but they've been doing well every year for the last four years. They do this thing that at the beginning of the year, 
You know, they, they look a little shaky. They're still starting to get their stuff together. And then they start getting better. They start rolling. They start rolling. And then something happens. Drew Brees gets hurt. It happened last year. It didn't happen the year before, but it happened last year. And Teddy Bridgewater had to come in. This year it happened. And my boy Taysom Hill came in. He looked he looked good the first game. This last game, he he looked a little shaky. But now they're nine and two. They're nine and two, and they've done this for the last four years. After after the ten uh, week ten, they're usually nine and two. Um. So the one thing you know, they're one thing that a lot of people are saying is they're they're Super Bowl contenders. But the thing is, they've broken my heart for the last four years. They've broken every Saints fan's heart for the last four years, from the uh, Minnesota Miracle to the no call to just jacking it up last season. We look good, but then we crumble and fall in the playoffs. So I hope that doesn't that doesn't happen. My wife was asking me, "Hey, if 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 the fa- if the Saints go to the Super Bowl, are you going to hold a Super Bowl party?" And I said, "No." I said, "No." Because if the Saints and that's if the Saints don't break my heart along the way. And I said, no, because if the Saints go to the Super Bowl and they lose, people are not going to understand why I'm going to be in the corner crying because they don't they're not going to understand that this might be Drew Brees' last year. They're not going to understand that that for the last four years, they're they've been they've broke my heart every time. So I said, no, but it's still early to say anything. They could still jack it up. They've been looking good. Um but I'm not going to give them my heart like I've done it every other year. And not just that. So let's move on to something else. Vaccines are coming. I read this thing that they said that by the end of December, they're going to have 10 million vaccines out. And that's insane. That is insane. 10 million. If you actually think about that, 10 million, that's crazy. And whether at some point, if you're going to take it, whether you're not, it's your own business. I rarely get a, I've never got a flu shot to, 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 to say that I've never got a flu shot. I've probably gotten the flu within the last five or six years, probably once maybe, or twice. Um, but I'm taking my my vitamin D. I try to eat healthier, try to stay hydrated, try to get enough sleep. And, you know, they also say that by the end of next year, they're going to have 2 billion vaccines out which is crazy, which is insane. And the funny thing is that the first vaccine came out and they're like, oh yeah, we're 90% effective. And everyone's like, oh, 90%. And then another one came out and they're like, oh, but we're 95% effective. And then a third one came out and they're like, oh yeah, we're 70% effective. Like, yo, why would you even post that up there? Like, let's keep working on your thing. Let's, Let's stop, you know, trying to make zombies or whatever. But we have vaccines coming, so I hope that's a way to, you know, get back open, get the world back rolling. And so people are not as afraid as they are, especially for older people. Um, I They say that the rollout is going to be older people first and first responders and then everyone else. So I hope that, you know, that kind of gets everything going, gets people excited about, you know, being able to reopen, move forward and now it's it's pretty much December. It is December. And it's crazy because 
the the rest of the year, like from January to like October took forever because at first it was shut down and then another shutdown and then keep shutting down. And then it, it seemed the summer just the, the year took seemed like it dragged forever. And for the longest, I was like, wait, was that before Corona? After Corona? Was that before the shutdown? It was like we were, you know, trying to find landmarks of of things that happened during Corona to, to kind of remember when things happened. And now it's December, the year's almost over and it's almost Christmas. And I, I, I feel that for Christmas, for a lot of people, it's kind of stressful. Oh, I have to get gifts for this. I have to get gifts for all these people. And it's like, yo, why are they really going to get mad if you don't get them a gift for Christmas? And at some point I feel that we forget that Christmas is about actually, you know, just family and being together. But it's a new, you know, it's never too late to start planning for 2021. It's never too late to, you know, don't get um, anxiety over things that we can't control. And that's one thing that I will say that I it, it does happen to me. And that's one thing that I'm always trying to work on. The anxiety of, you know, things that you can't control. And at some point, you know, we're going to have to just work with it and move forward. And keep planning. Keep planning for 2021. Keep planning for our self-improvement, our self-growth. Um, to be better people, be better individuals. If anybody knows me, they you know you know that Matthew McConaughey is definitely is definitely one of of the best actors for me. And not just that, just his 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 meant the way he thinks. He just wrote a book, The Green Light. How a lot of people, you know, are always looking for green lights before they do anything, before they take that next step. And he talks about different stories of him growing up where he didn't wait for a green light where he, he didn't wait for someone's permission, for someone's acknowledgement, and he just went and did things. And now he's definitely one of the best actors, you know, out there. And the Lincoln Lawyer is one of his best roles to me. He's a, he's a badass lawyer. And, and just the way he carries himself in that movie, that movie made me want to be a lawyer. And not even. But awesome movie, and... One thing that he has, one quote that he says that I always think about is that when he was younger, they asked him, hey, who's your hero? And he said, my hero is me in five years. And he was 20 at the time. So then five years passed. He's 25. They asked him again, hey, so who's your hero? And he said, oh, my hero is me in five years. So now he's 30. And they asked him, hey, who's your hero? And he said, my hero is me in five years. And they asked him, why do you always say that your hero is yourself in five years? And he says he wants to be, he wants to be his own hero in five years because he's never going to be able to catch himself in five years. He always wants to be ahead. He always wants to keep growing. So to me, it's like, hey, who's your hero? My hero is me in five years. My hero is me at, you know, 33 Financially independent, proud of the, what I'm doing, being able to leave a legacy, being able to do something more impactful, not being, not being ordinary. But I hope that, you know, we all want to, to do that. And I'm going to leave it at that. There's awesome there. You know, one thing that, that bugs me a lot is when people don't, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I don't know where to start, bro. We have Google. 
We we see what Jeff Bezos did. We see what Elon Musk did. We see what all these successful people have done. Take risks, work hard, work smart. And, you know, one, uh, there's a couple podcasts that I listen to to kind of get direction. Ed Milet is one of them. The Ed Milet podcast. The way he digs people's mind in different, you know, not your just traditional interview style podcast, but having a conversation with entrepreneurs, having a conversation with different mentors and just the way they break down things and situations and the steps they took and the earn your leisure podcast. I love earn your leisure podcast because these two um, were two teachers and they realized that amongst the, you know, minorities, we aren't taught about building a business, you know, for having financial literacy. So they're like, hey, there's a void and I feel that we can fill it. So they they build this podcast where they have other minorities come and talk about their journey, building their businesses, building their hustles. And it's crazy because you see this and you're like, yo, if he can do that, why can't I? And it's crazy because their podcast is probably a year and a couple months old, but they're already top of the charts. And last year they were doing tours around, you know, the country and they were packing, you know, amphitheaters just with people wanting knowledge, people realizing that, yo, having one job, having one source of income is not the move anymore, especially in 2020. You can find different side, side hustles, selling Pokemon cards, flipping couches, you know, reselling shoes. I just saw Sneakerhead, Sneaker, and I'm a big sneaker guy. I don't personally own a ton of sneakers because I have a family and I have responsibilities. But I feel that everyone has their thing that if they had money, that's that's what they would spend it in. Mine is shoes for sure. But Sneakerhead broke this, this the whole sneaker industry. It, it breaks it down to the regular person who doesn't know. The regular person who wears, you know, new balances or whatever. And it's awesome. They broke it down. And not just that, the way that custom shoes are a big thing. The sneaker surgeon has made millions of dollars making custom shoes for all the kinds of celebrities. He he make, he has a custom shoe out that's $5,000, but it's unique because there's only one of them. And it's crazy. And as, as we were watching this with uh, with my wife, I was kind of breaking it down. I was like, yo, look. And, and it's crazy because last year, um, Jordans came out with Jordan 1's Concord, Concord Whites. And I wanted to get them. I loved them. They were 100 bucks at the time. And I was like, no, I want to get them. I want to get them. And I never did. Then they sold out. Then they're not selling anymore. And then now I go and look how much they are. They're reselling for about $600. And I was like, damn, I should have bought them. I should, should have bought them. And now on occasion, I'll go to stadium goods and just look at them and see how, you know, that was a misplay. And I regret that because I love, I love them. But it's crazy. There's different, there's definitely avenues to learn about growth. Learn about different industries. Nipsey Hussle says, forget, forget being ordinary. I'm taking risks. And I'm 26. And we've all seen what, what, what this year brought. You know, a lot of people learned different things. A lot of people grew. A lot of people evolved. But then there's some that 
are over here waiting in line to buy a PS5 so they can play 20 hours a day and not even try to make a career from it, not even try to stream or anything like that, try to make extra money just to play. But whatever your thing is, whatever you find happiness in, I feel that we should all strive to kind of, you know, make a little bit of money off of it, make it something that, you know, it benefits us in other than just wasting time. But I'll leave it at that. Check us out on YouTube because I'll probably put the video up for this as well. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Tell your friends about it. If we're able to share something with, with you that, you know, you kind of take take something from, if we're able to just entertain you, give you something, listen for a little bit, just share it, tell somebody about it. And I'm still working on bringing awesome people on, but I don't want to just take the, the normal, just, oh, just come on here and just talk interview style. I want to have conversations with people, dig their brain, see what they're doing, how they're going about it, how they handle life and their hustles and all these different things. And just people who help us evolve, help, help us improve. So I'll leave it at that. Till next time, hustle and motivate. Peace.